Hey, everybody in Interactive Fiction Lands, it's I. Yeah. Kyle, and we're here at the end of time. We're here at the end of time, yeah. Once again. Always. Quiet, it's cold. It's what? been a while. It's been Have a while, we... I think, for, for the real world. Yeah. For us, uh, it's only been a day. Yeah, we had to ship in some new equipment, and you know how it is. Time passes differently in the void. Amazon Prime doesn't exist out here. We got to use yeah. inter- we used Internet Explorer to order the stuff, and actually, you, you can only order s- through Optimus Prime. We had to send in a check. You have to ask Optimus Prime to DoorDash. Yeah, and something he's to busy. You. He's a busy dude. But uh, yeah, Just make all the most annoying noises right at the, right at the top. That's that's how it works, dude. Let's <laughs> get a phone call. Figured. Oh my god, Every, everything's gonna Leave happen. Me alone. Anyway, so um, Tid, we got a new setup yep. for interactive fiction. You might have talked heard this. I don't know which one's going to come out first. Retro reset it is. Um, I don't know. I don't know. Yeah, who knows? We just recorded retro reset though. Yeah. So well, we're back. We, we're... we left there. We came yep. back at the end of time. Yep. Actually, well, yeah. There's, there's, there's a stop crossing the streams. Nothing exists outside this show. Oh, that's right. <laughs> the void outside has been a little warm lately. <laughs> it's actually gotten a, a above zero Kelvin. So it's pretty fun. It's a little warmer than yeah. normal, um, uh, you know. And you can uh, you can kick rocks off the side. Yep, um, pretty cool. We've run out of basketballs again. Uh, we never got that no. fence put up. But do you know? Do you know what doesn't happen in the void? What crimes that you're aware of? That I'm aware of. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I and you know I I is think pooping in the end of time corners. I think today is that I a would, crime? Uh, not technically. Okay, there's no laws here. Because I totally because there's no governing body. I pooped over there in the corner earlier. Okay, cool. cool yeah. Cool. Um. So crimes don't pay. pay. Wait, oh. crimes don't pay. They don't pay. I'm sorry, I said the wrong thing. Uh, today we've got a couple of great, <laughs> fun books. Yeah. Uh, we're gonna sort of take a little, little bit of a different path today. Yeah. So and uh, we'll be reading Encyclopedia Brown and this random yeah, book. We- Called solve a crime. Yeah, we stoked the fire and out popped out in in, in our magic book. Yep. These guys and honestly, okay, we got solve a crime by by A. C. Gordon, which was uh, my dog is barking and being a jerk. <laughs> All right, so I'm back. Yeah, we're back. We're Sorry, back. the the dogs wanted out from the in from the void. We had yeah. some, we got some dogs. Yeah, we got some dogs in the void. They just showed yeah, up. Yeah, they just showed up. Yeah. Like someone just dumped their dogs in the void. So rude. So rude. That but happens a lot out here, though. But they're good dogs. You know? All right. They, well, um, They take care of the void mice and the void snakes. <laughs> the void mice and the void snakes. Anyways, um, yeah. So the next one we're going to be reading, other than the solve crime, is the, what, what's it called? Encyclopedia Brown Takes the Cake. Published in... Random House. 1982. This one belonged to Donkey. Oh, Donkey. Holy <laughs> shit. This <laughs> might do Donkey's Encyclopedia Brown. I think it's Dunkley. Dunkley, but still, it's funny. That's pretty cool. This is a well-loved book, you can tell. Yeah, somebody read this a lot. Let's go ahead and do some... Uh... Oh, that's oh nice. yeah. So some... if you didn't know, well, first of all, Solve the Crime, it's just random. I have no idea where it came from. It looks bizarre. So yeah. describe the front. So the cover of Solve the Crime has like a, a, 
like a like a spinny lock like you would find on a padlock or sorry like on a combination lock so like a safe maybe and then it has a bottle of perfume it looks like yeah could be poison could an be poison. eyeball looking through a box I, I guess this is like this it, is, these are things in a box and a person's looking and it's in. done in the style of like ms paint with jpegs on it yeah oh and there it's like clip art yeah clip art it's like clip art of these of, of these random things and an eyeball looking at them uh, there's a there's a magnifying glass standard exactly standard if you're gonna be solving equipment. a crime yeah and a pistol pistol yep. revolver it's a gun it's a gun so <laughs> yeah very simple it's got an orange background it's it looks yep. like it was mass produced 47 short mysteries to baffle and delight readers of all ages you are the detective I don't want to read the rest yeah it's it's that's pretty much it. <laughs> Anyway, so uh, this other one is Encyclopedia Brown takes the cake, and we're also live streaming this. So if you're if you're, you're interested not in watching, subscribed to this, our Twitch, then what are you doing? What are you doing? You can't subscribe to it yet. So oh, fo- if you're not following our Twitch, follow I just, it. I still call everything subscribing. Subscribe, smash that bell icon, smash that bell, lick that like button, turn your notifications on, add it to your favorites, put it in your butthole, add a video response, take it through TSA, give me your credit card information, bring it to another country where it's contraband. <laughs> <laughs> Give me your Amazon Prime login information. Let it become an invasive species that takes over the entire country. Give me your address. Anyway, so Encyclopedia Brown. We're going to describe the cover. People yep. on the stream can't see it either because we had a better camera, but she yeah. took a dump. Um, Encyclopedia Brown. So this was called Take the Cake. And it has a man, a young boy with a yellow shirt and an apron, just really eyeballing this milk. Right. And meanwhile, there's a girl behind him just like... The hell you doing with that milk, boy? <laughs> Look at it. Yeah, she's like, um, I don't think that's it's, right. I would call it uh, like inquisitive skeptical? sass. Yeah, skeptical sass. Yeah, for sure. But anyways, Encyclopedia Brown. If you don't uh, know what it is, is it's from the sort of boom of interactive books that uh, came in the eighties, along yeah. with um, Pick a Path and Twist a Plot and another one Redacted. Uh, and uh, this one was. Less of a choose your own path, and this one has like essentially little mysteries, right? There, yep. you have to read the story, and then sort of from the clues from the story, you can solve whatever the crime is, right? Um, so they were very popular back in the day, and I think you're gonna enjoy them, right? They're a good time, but so okay, um, there are a few of this. You, right. you want to go ahead and you want me to read the back, or you want to read, yeah, the back? go ahead. Okay, so let's put a log on the fire, stoke it up. And then we'll read the back of this book. Not only is Encyclopedia Brown a master sleuth, but now he's also a master chef. You can solve mysteries and savor recipes along with Encyclopedia Brown and his friends with this book that contains seven new mysteries and, and recipes. For seven delicious parties. What do the 4th of July. A painting that was supposedly painted on July 4th, 1776. And red, white, and blue shortcake have in common. They're all a part of the cake of the 4th of July artist. First help Encyclopedia Brown decide if the, if the painting is authentic or phony. As a $3 bill. Then make and eat the scrumptious 4th of July picnic. With the six other cases in this book, you can challenge your wits and reward your taste buds equally. But 
you can only win the t the latest encyc oh you can only win this latest encyclopedia brown book and then there's a uh, right quote by a uh, Kirkus reviews oh Kirkus reviews Says, actually uh, Kirkus reviews is respectable yeah no let up in energy oh well that's short and uh, maybe not to the point at all what does it mean it's an eighties quote no let up in energy uh, Kirkus reviews is um is pretty respectable it's it's where uh, you see a lot of like reviews for new books. Yeah, um, it's like kind of like a standard review system. We used to use it, um, or we used to be able to like use that for the library, right? right. I would use Kirkus reviews to like look through books and find ones that would be good for the collection. There you go. Yeah. So yeah. So they're respectable. We got a respectable. He's Encyclopedia Brown is, like, was a big deal at yeah. the time. You know, like everybody knew Encyclopedia Brown. It, it became a thing like where you would say like you know. Oh, how'd you figure that out? It's like the Piggy Brown, you know, kind of yeah, like Einstein. Yeah. It's a little bit like that. It, I guess now if you ever went to a library, you asked for Encyclopedia Brown, like, no, all of our encyclopedias are blue. Sorry. <laughs> we don't have Brown. <laughs> <laughs> oh, oh. Uncultured swine. Do you want to read first? Uh, yeah, if you want. Um, Why don't we do this? Maybe the setup, right? You you, you talked about this already. Yeah. But, um, we do. We read a story once to each other. Right. Right. So one each. And then we do one. We do one each from Encyclopedia Brown, one each from Solver Crime. Okay, let's do that. Okay, so I'll start. Now we have a choice of seven adventures that we could we could venture in. Um, this poor thing got a five point zero out of three. I don't know what that means. Somebody wrote it in there. Oh, weird. Let's see. So we have <clears throat> uh, the case of the missing garlic bread, the case of the Fourth of July artist, mm -hmm. the case of the oven mitt, the case of the overstuffed pinata. The case of the missing watch goose. The case of the secret recipe. The case of the Chinese restaurant. Pointers for Pablo. Pointers for Pablo. I don't know what that is. You don't think uh, that's one of the stories? I don't think Pointers from Pablo is a story. Oh, is it hints for the book? Pointers yeah. from Pablo, not Pointers for Pablo? Oh, it's from. Okay. Right. Pointers for Pablo. You want to write anything down in the back? Hey, don't look at the hints. Bro. What? Don't look at the hints. I'm not looking. I'm seeing if this is hints. Oh. I don't think this is. Oh, it is. I think it is a, uh, it's its own thing, isn't it? But I don't, I can't tell if it, I don't, we'll get to that later. So. That's fine. Which one do you want to do? Um, the big fatty in me wants to do the garlic bread one, because I just like garlic bread, but, um, maybe, the 4th of July, like, painting guy sounds weird. Yeah, the 4th of July artist. Yeah, what, what are the other... Let me see real quick. So there's the oven mitt, overstuffed pinata, missing watch goose, secret recipe, Chinese restaurant. Secret recipe. Let's, Let's do, do secret, secret recipe. Because, like, that sounds like, you know, Figure looking espionage. Good. Speaking of secret recipes, have yeah. you ever looked into the background of how uh, KFC started? No. Like, it's intense. It's, like, surprisingly intense. Like, really? the backstory of, of the colonel. Tell me about it. Because, like, the guy apparently started in, a, like, a mom-and-pop, like, a gas station, right? Really? In Hell's Acre. Hell's and Acre? The, the place is called Hell's Acre. I'm not sure where. Which, again, sounds like Hell. a show. Yeah. And apparently yeah. the guy was trying to find a recipe, trying to master a recipe that would remain crispy, but cooking fast. He was trying right. to figure out a quick chicken recipe. And during this whole time, he was in competition with the other gas stations that were trying to produce food. And apparently it came to the point where they were advertising and then the other the competition would go and deface their their advertisement. Wow. So they retaliated one day. He, the colonel showed up with his with a couple of his friends with guns and they gunned down each other. He shot the other guys. Like it came to a turf war. 
of over Kentucky Fried, Fried chicken. chicken. Like this is gritty, and it's interesting. Like I guarantee you, if instead of making like a dating sim with KFC dude in it, right? Like just tell the actual story about how KFC because like. Like I would the watch problem, that shit. The problem with those things is like in an ideal world, that would be a really sick movie, right? Yeah. And maybe maybe someday we can get somebody like doing an unauthorized one, sort of like uh the story about McDonald's. Yeah. With uh Michael Keaton. Yeah. Right? Where it's like it's showing you like this dude was not good. He was not a good guy. Um and showing like that complexity. I think that would be really cool, but like if it were like sponsored by KFC, yeah. it's just going to be jerking off. KFC. Well, I know, I know but you know like, what I mean? I, if we, had, I'm talking about like yeah. a third party non biased party. I would love, but that. I, yeah, I don't see so a problem sick. with them. Like after it releases, yeah. like, KFC's like, okay, here's like, you know, the, the Hell's Acre recipe or something like that. Make like a spicy variant and make money off of it. That's fine because we're using oh, yeah, KFC, cool. but I don't think KFC should be in charge of it. No, because yeah. they again they would be like do what they did with with Jurassic Park Worlds. Or the newest one. Yeah. Where they just said, oh, remember when the movie was good? Here's all the good movie characters. Remember? Remember when it was good? When it, let's just have them say the things they said in the first movie. Because we can't think of anything else. But hey, because look. That's how they're in the movie. Talk. They're in the movie. Like, they didn't do that with Ghostbusters Afterlife. No. I mean, like, come on, guys. That one was really good. Yeah, I heard and it, was it great. They didn't, like, do the whole thing where they're like, say the line. Say the line from the first one. Human beings don't talk like that. Yeah. You know, they they don't just like randomly be like, hmm, remember in 1996 when I said this thing, right? Ian Freeze. The, the rest of the do world. Do, 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 oh, he do. does one of those. Yeah. He does like a chase scene. Yeah. Again. With with a flare. Yeah. They do that whole thing over again. And it's like. It doesn't work. That's not necessary. <sighs> why? Why though? Yeah. Why does he have to do the exact same thing? Right. He's, just make him a character. Exactly. Ugh, they're just like they're just quote machines now. That's what they did to Super Troopers, and that's why it burned so hard. It was bad because they just reproduced the same movie twice. And Super Troopers like, Two was not because they were they were trying to cash in on nostalgia. It doesn't work with movies. Yeah, because with movies you could just watch the old movie. It's a it's a quick right. hour of nostalgia where a video game requires you to invest right time in it. Where movies are just like time wasters. Yeah. yeah. Anyway, here we are. Here we are. The secret case of the case of the secret, secret, secret. Secrets. Recipe. The secret case. <clears throat> I read the first paragraph. Of the secret I was like, case. <laughs> yeah. Okay. <clears throat> Buford it. Twitty was 11 and crazy about potatoes. Buford Twitty. Buford Twitty was crazy about potatoes. Oh, he was the only person in the United States who ran a potato museum. Admission was by invitation only. Oh, the potato museum. Museum. Run yeah. by Buford Twitty. All right, cool. This is the 80s, dude. Yeah. I love it. This is so cheap. <laughs> this is so potatoey. You're invited to the museum tomorrow at noon, he told Sally in an encyclopedia before the before the regular Friday afternoon touch football game. Of course. I'm holding a potato tasting hour to introduce tubers a la Twitty. What's that? Sally asked politely. Tubers a la Twitty is a secret recipe for preparing the world's newest potato, Buford answered. The world's I, newest potato? I can't tell you more now. The world's new, What's the world's newest potato? It's like, I just pulled this one out of the ground. It's three seconds old, and, and it's, it's the world's newest potato. It's a Buford potato. Or, well, there is a po- type of potato called a new potato, which yeah. is just a red potato. Maybe. Maybe they're just, like, really red. Maybe. These are the newest potatoes. We'll, never, well, we'll have to look at the recipe and find out. All right. How about a tiny clue? Encyclopedia requests. Not about this recipe, Buford said. I don't want you to form an opinion before you taste it. 
but I can tell you about the potatoes that I'll use. They're super spuds, he explained. Oh. His grandfather, Twitty, who ran a farm in New York, had been trying for years to breed better potato. He finally succeeded. The potatoes are the best, Buford said. Grandpa sent me the, a bagful to test on the all-important kids market. So I'm trying them out on you and some of my older friends. Tomorrow is knee day. <laughs> what if he's just like, what if he's just having maybe a stroke? And he's like, it's not a good time to start. Tomorrow's D day. Maybe it's not a good day to eat potatoes, dude. Yeah. It's like, whoa. I'm sure the tubers a la twi- Twitty will be delicious, Sally said with breathlessly. Ugh, Sally. Oh my god, I love me. I love potatoes. I love me a good potato. No, I think a man named Buford oh. Twitty is just the right one to like I just. Let- Buford Twitty. Really make me come. You know I'll what I'm let, saying? Wait, I'll, this is a child. I should cut that out. Yeah, okay. Whoops. I was going to say Buford Twitty can probably lick my titty. But <laughs> again, probably not appropriate. It's fine. It's fine. Anyways, it will be a sensational, Buford proclaimed. It will make the name Twitty famous in the field. Look out! Look at Bismarck, Melba, Napoleon, Tetrazzini, Carso, and Reuben. They gained undying fame. Why? Because recipes were named after them. Never heard of any of that, except never heard of a Tetrazzini potato. I no, I have heard of a Reuben. Encyclopedia nodded knowingly. I don't think Tetrazzini is a potato. I thought it was a type of noodle. Yeah, I think maybe. Anyway, who knows? It was the best he could do when Buford got carried away with his favorite subject, potatoes. Buffy. Oh, Buffy. Buford started for the door and stopped. I almost forgot. He said, "I have another surprise. My dick." My grandpa sent me a big potato, weird shape of a penis, just for you, Sally. This guy with all the autographs for it. I'm just awful today. Autographs of all. I'll say, <clears throat> I have a surprise my grandpa sent me on a big potato with the autographs of all the Yankee pitchers. I'll display it to my tasting tomorrow. With that, he departed, walking lightly, as if he were stepping on potato chips. A little before noon Saturday, the detectives presented themselves at Buford's front door. Already there were the other guests, Flo Landis, Darlene Cutler, Sean McCoy, and Farnsworth Grant. Wow. This this book is asking to remember a lot of names. Yeah. Farnsworth Grant. Come in and look around, he said. I'll need another few minutes with a tuber, Lala Twitty. The Potato Museum was in the basement. Of course it is. Strewn all about were potato bags, mashers, sacks, peelers, and even an old plow. There were you also jars of Colorado. Beetles. The potato <laughs> The potato farmers number one enemy. An example in examples of some of the world's thousands of potato varieties. Can I get a can I get a bottle of uh, Colorado? Can you just give me a bottle of Colorado. Just a please? bottle. A liter of, can I get a liter of Colorado? Yeah, you know what's in a bottle? Of, you know what's in a liter of Colorado? Huh. It's like twenty percent, just like the smell of weed after it's been smoked a couple hours ago. Yeah, and it's uh, some mountain dirt. Mountain dirt. Yeah, and the some fresh spring water and some fresh spring water, and then just general and, pollution and yeah, <laughs> air pollution, and a lot of pollution. Just yeah, and uh, and 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 rich people snowing. And rich people snowing. Snow that was pissed on by a rich person. Right. That sounds delicious. Yeah. I've cleaned up the kitchen. Buford called down. We'll eat as soon as I can set the table. Let us help! Sally shouted. The Let guests climbed the stairs and went up the kitchen. 
It was spotless. Everything had been put away. Wow. Good job, Buford. You could clean up stuff. Good job, Buford. The end. I'm just kidding. My folks let me use the kitchen, provided it was clean when I returned to Glen's from Glen City after this afternoon, Buford said. Oh, cool. Dope. Uh, the guest did not understand why they bothered telling she, he bothered telling him that. That's fine. Did not stand around admiring the cleanliness. Each one found something to do. Darlin got to the silverware. Sean and Farnsworth found glasses filled, filled them with water. Flo got out a bottle of ketchup. Sally fetched the paper napkins. You could take these, Buford said to Encyclopedia, handing him a pair of candlesticks. They'll add to the proper touch of class. When the table was set, Buford put an old record on the phonograph. The scratchy sound of Louis Armstrong's tooting, Potato Heads Blue. Louis Armstrong. Louis, Louis Armstrong. Yeah. Louis filled Louise the dining Armstrong. room. In the center of the table was a large bowl sealed across the top of aluminum foil. Behold! exclaimed Buford. I don't know why I did that. He whipped <laughs> out he whipped out the aluminum foil and sweep his arm. The bowl were it's a gun. Inside the bowl were French fries. Really? Buford grinned. What did you expect? Potato pancakes? Rhineland style? Or palms de terre francaise? You're, you mean, you shouldn't ruin a magnificent potato with fancy cooking? Oh, you shouldn't ruin. You shouldn't ruin a fancy potato with fancy cooking. Or a potato with fancy cooking. The french fries were passed around. Pantsed? Passed around. Farnsworth reached for the ketchup. Buford howled in pain. Somebody at school pantsed one of those you french fries. gotta taste them pured! He cried. The french fries were golden pure. They were the best french fries the guests have ever tasted. Wow. Ooh. Think what a boon to the fast food industry my grandfather's potatoes will be, Potato said, beaming with pleasure. What about the potatoes of the autographs of the New York Yankee pitchers, asked Farnsworth, who, who at the heart was a Chicago Cubs fan. <laughs> All right. Coming up, Buford said. He hurried to the basement and brought back a small sack. Carefully, he reached inside and pulled out a potato. It was naked. Ooh, <laughs> a naked potato. It, there wasn't a single autograph on it. Buford sank weakly into his chair. I've been robbed of my potato skin. Somebody has shaved the potato. Who knew about the potato's autograph? Sally asked. Only you six, Buford replied dully. Encyclopedia, Sally whispered. Say something. Ask a question. Encyclopedia wondered if Sally thought... He was a detective or a magician. Still, he did not. He did have one important clue. Was the back door unlocked today? He inquired. Yeah, yes, Buford replied. Was the, what? the back, back, back door? Back door unlocked. Cool. Yes. The doors were never locked during the day if someone was at home. Then excuse me, Encyclopedia said. He went outside and walked around the house. He stepped, stopped to peer into the kitchen. When he returned to the dining room, he spoke to one of the guests. Would you kindly return the potato you stole, he said softly. Wait, I thought the potato got peeled and it no. was ruined forever. Someone, that's what it said, it was a naked potato. Oh, he just pulled out a potato that was not. Oh, it didn't it's have. It's just a regular potato. It sounded like to me like he did So the bag had the potato with the with the autographs on it. Right. I thought somebody peeled this potato and it's like, I well, how too. do we solve this mystery? Well, he said naked. I expected me to see like pale yeah. potato. Yeah. Who's the thief? Turn to page 119 for the solution. Who's the thief? Do you mind if I grab the book? Yeah. So I got to I gotta solve this one. Who's the gut dang thief? So, Everybody's like at the I would table. say, obviously, it's not Frankfurt, because he's a Chicago fan. He doesn't hate Yankees. That's true. 
It's true. Farnsworth or whatever his name is. Right. Farnsworth Jones. Let's see here. Would you kindly return the potato you stole? Okay, so I feel like the, the, the clue's gotta be the french fries were gobbled pure. Yeah, they were gobbled pure, bro. Um, Straight up. Straight up. Police. Okay. I like to be gobbled pure, too. <laughs> Each one found something to do. Darlene got the silverware. Sean and Farnsworth found the glasses and filled them with water. Ooh, we're missing somebody. Flo got out a bottle of ketchup and Sally so fetched I... the napkins. So who all's here? Right? We got to figure out who's here. Flo, Darlene, Sean, and Farnsworth. Dar what did Darlene do? Darlene got the silverware. Okay. I think, you know who did it? Who? Encyclopedia. You think Encyclopedia stole it? Mm-hmm. I guess he's the only one who's not accounted for. Right? He just stood there. Honestly, I think I think it's got to be the Cubs fan. I think that's the clue. You think, you think it's Farnsworth? Yeah, because I don't see any other clues. Right. You know? He stopped to appear in the kitchen. Why did Encyclopedia stop to appear in the kitchen? Is the back door unlocked today? There's do the doors are never locked during the day if someone's at home. Then excuse me, he went outside, walked around the house, stopped to appear into the kitchen. So. Huh. They were all the, ooh, so all the guests were there, and they went to the basement. Right. And then they right. went up to the kitchen. Oh, so who went down to the basement? Maybe. Damn encyclopedia, you got me, you got my thinker going. Okay, 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 here we go. Who done it? So, we got all these people here. When you got, okay, so it's Saturday, a little before noon, the detectives presented themselves at Buford's front door. So every, people who were already there were, were Flo, Darlene, Sean, and, and Farnsworth. Right. So they were last to show up. Just come in and look around. I'll need another few minutes with two results of twitty. The potato museum was in the uh, in the basement. Even old plow. Man, I don't know. Here, here. Let's see. So, like, let's Here's think about stuff. this as detectives, guys. So, yeah. the only thing I think of is like, what were each of their tasks? Right. And who could have slipped away? Let's see. Um, right. Where's the Sally shouted? The guest climbed the stairs. Sean and Farnsworth found glasses and filled them with water. Okay. So two people were getting water. Flo was had to get up the bottle of ketchup. Right. Sally fetched the tape of napkins. Darlene got the silverware. What is the clue? I'm think so. Farnsworth is uh -huh. he's I'm I'm leaning towards Farnsworth, but Sean, right. he just kind of helped out a little bit. That's true. What if he slipped in, slipped out, or something like that? I don't know. What if Sean was just there so, with the glasses as well? Yeah, Sean and Sean and Farnsworth were the ones that got it. Or okay, was it's all it, there though. Egg drop suit. Uh, the mm -hmm. other one. Sean, Darlene, Farnsworth, or uh, Sean Farnsworth is his it could name. Could have been like encyclopedia. Different guy. No, it's Sean and Farnsworth. Oh, Farnsworth was the first name. Yeah. Okay. It yeah. was a Farnsworth. Right. It'd be funny if the answers were gone for that one. Oh, we're both wrong. Well, who was it? Flo was the thief. <gasps> what? She had gone to Buford's house twenty minutes early and looked into the kitchen window when he saw that he was busy with the making French fries. She had sneaked into the museum by the back door. After stealing a potato with the autographs and substituting an ordinary one, she he, she had returned to the house shortly before noon for the tasting. She confessed when the encyclopedia pointed out her mistake, the bottle of ketchup. She had, she would not have brought the ketchup to the table unless she knew Buford's tubers was not or tubers a la Twitty was not some fancy dish, but simple French fry. That was tricky. Yeah, I like it though. Because the clue is there. Yeah, because she got well, it. How would she know? She wouldn't have known. You know, I kind of thought oh about that God, at first. Oh, my God, that's genius. I kind of thought, oh, ketchup, that's weird. Because it's a potato. It's like some fancy potato thing. Why oh ketchup? Oh, my God, that was subtle. Yeah. I like that. That that's was good. Fun. What a fun thing. 
Oh, we're gonna have to do this more than oh once. Oh my god! Okay, sure. your turn. I want to do the painting one. The painting one. The Fourth of July one. Someday I want to come back and do the Chinese restaurant. Yeah, we like I said, we're get, we get you get a lot of bang out of these books. So yeah, that was fun. I like that encyclopedia. It's a neat dude. You're I'd give it a five out of three yeah. As the book says. All right. Um, case of the Fourth of July artist. That's the third mystery. The third mystery. So we got to listen close to context clues. All right. <clears throat> Although Chester Jenkins could out eat, uh, <laughs> could eat out a hippopotamus. Ooh. <laughs> <laughs> Although Chester Jenkins That's could out eat a hippopotamus, he was always neat and clean. His mouth had been his target for so long that he never missed. Oh, wow. This sounds like a beginning. It's like a like a like a porn profile. This sounds like somebody making fun of a kid at school. Yeah. It's like that that girl from Matilda that ate all the chocolate cake that everyone right. made fun of. Yeah. Came into the Brown Detective Agency, however. His mouth was filled with words only. Oh. Wow. They're just like roasting this kid. Um, the 4th of July is tomorrow, he said. We ought to celebrate. I know your idea of celebrating, Sally said. Food, food, and more food. Okay, let's have a party. Let's just fat shame you. Fat shit. Let's just fat shame you the whole story. I know. <laughs> What's his name? With lots to eat, Chester said eagerly. Oh, Chester. Chester Jenkins. With all the food you can stuff down, Encyclopedia assured him, and enough left over for the rest of us. For once. He didn't say for I'm once. I'm sure this guy doesn't have a complex. <laughs> yeah, they're being really mean to Chester. Jesus. <laughs> wow. His mouth had been his target for so long he never missed. Wow. Jesus. Wow. All right. Okay, 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 okay. Different time? The detectives called all their friends who hadn't gone out of town for the summer. Everyone thought the party was a great idea. The children shipped in and bought the ingredients they would need. Mrs. Brown allowed them to store everything in the kitchen. She promised to let them use her best recipes and to help with any problems. The next morning, almost every child in Idaville, most uh, of the grown-ups went downtown. What? Are we missing a page? Did I skip one? The next morning, almost every child in Idaville... And most of the grown-ups went downtown to watch the okay, big 4th yeah. of July break. There were three brass bands, a bagpipe band, a drum and bugle corps, a f uh, and floats of all kinds. Encyclopedia and Sally stood on the curb and applauded. They were cheering the new Miss Idaville, who was going by on a float when the with the mayor when Chester rushed up. Yeah. Come quick, he blurted. <laughs> It's the chance of a lifetime. Who, uh, Chester said Chester. that? Yeah, that's Chester. Oh, my. Poor Chester. All right. Um, did a hamburger truck overturn? Sally inquired. Wow. No, Wilford Wiggins passed the word, Chester answered. He's holding a secret meeting behind Turner's Drugstore in ten minutes. Just for kids. Uh -oh. No grown-ups allowed. Uh-oh. Chester, don't go. This is a bad idea. Chester, no. <laughs> I've seen Precious. Chester, no. <laughs> oh, no. You have the most molestable name, Chester the Molester. Oh, yeah. Oh, no. All right. Um, actually, have you ever seen the show Reigns with uh, um, Jeff Goldblum? Uh, no. So it was a detective series. And uh, the, the plot was that Jeff Goldblum was, like, traumatized from something and could now... Uh, was basically hallucinating uh, victims right. and talking to them and solving the crimes by talking to them. Gotcha. And he realizes that they're not, you know, they're just his head. So he's having a conversation with himself. So This is having fun. He goes up to one of the people who, like, he suspects and he's like, he keeps calling him Chester. He's like, well, Chester. He's like, why do you keep calling me Chester? Because it uh, rhymes with molester. <laughs> <laughs> and then he gets punched to the face. Oh. Oh, it was so good. Anyway, so uh, Chester the Molester. 
good, good side story there. All right. Encyclopedia crinkled his nose. Wilford Riggin, Wiggins was a high school dropout and as hardworking as a flat tire. Wilford might actually be like a predator. <laughs> Maybe. Um, Doesn't sound like a good idea. He spent his time dreaming up ways to get rich quick by cheating the children of the neighborhood. Wilford would try to sell electric forks to people on a hunger strike, Encyclopedia said. Okay. Why electric forks? Buy electric. I don't know, man. It was a, th- a different time. <laughs> Today is different, Chester insisted. I tell you, it's the chance of a lifetime. The chance of Wilford's lifetime? Wait, the chance of Wilford's lifetime, you mean, Sally said. He's never had so many kids to cheat. What's he selling? He's Roofies? Going- <laughs> <laughs> He's going to raffle off a picture of the Liberty Bell that was oh. painted on July 4th, 1776, Chester replied. The painting must be worth a fortune, but for us little kids, the tickets are only $2 each. Ooh. And then there's a picture of uh, the high school dropout showing everybody the picture, I guess. Cool. $2? I think we'd better go to Wilford's art show, Encyclopedia said grimly. When the detectives in Chester reached the alley behind Turner's drugstore, dozens of children were already there. Wilford stood on a stepladder. He clutched a framed painting of the Liberty Bell. Here it is, my friends, he called out. For only two dollars, you can have a chance to win this magnificent historical work of art. He raised the painting above his head so that everyone could see it. My ancestor, Nathaniel Tarbox Wiggins, painted it on the very same day you was born. I, I mean, our country was born. Right. Wilfred bellowed. See, there's a date right below the artist's signature in the corner. Encyclopedia was standing too far back to see the details. But knowing Wilfred, he had no doubt that date... Uh, he had no doubt that the date, July 4, 1776, and the signature, Nathaniel Tarrox Wiggins, were on the painting. Suddenly, Bugs Meany pushed and elbowed his way to the front. I was in Philadelphia last year, and I saw Liberty Bell in person, Bugs said. It has a crack on it, so quit playing your tonsils. That picture is fake. Quit playing your tonsils. What's her name? Uh, it was a guy. Oh. I think his name is Bugs. Bugs Meany. Oh, Bugs Meany. <laughs> <laughs> Bugs Meany. Uh, now what have we here? Wait, Wilford? Yeah. But what have we here, Wilford said. A student of history. Step forward, friend, and take a closer look. Bugs sneered and moved nearer to the painting. He stared, his face reddened. Eh, I see the crack. I, I'm going to make him bug <laughs> Bugs, now. yeah. <laughs> he admitted sheepily. Sheepishly. Yeah. He dug into his pocket for $2, which was to buy a raffle ticket. Several children started forming a line behind him. The others in the crowd chattered excitedly. A picture that old had to be worth more than $2. It might even be worth hundreds, no thousands of dollars. Sally looked concerned. I just hate to see Wilfred rake in $2 from every kid here. She, oh, wait. I just hate to see Wilfred rake in $2 from every kid here, she said to Encyclopedia. Could the painting be the real thing? They're all New Yorkers now. Yep, that's fine. <laughs> um, Encyclopedia didn't answer. It was time to act. Hold on, Wilfred, he shouted. When did this ancestor of yours die? Wilfred hesitated. He hadn't noticed the detective in the crowd. He took a moment to put on a confident air. If you must know, Nathaniel Tarbox Wiggins lived up to the ripe old age of 87. You can look it up, he said. He didn't die until the year, let me see, 1822. So what? So he didn't paint the picture on July 4th, 1776, retorted Encyclopedia. What's more, he didn't paint it at all. Why was Encyclopedia so certain? Um, because didn't he, I think, I might know. It doesn't say what year they're in, does it? No, but um, he says when the, his ancestor died. Right. So that timeline is, is uh, realistic to look at. 
or you can you can look at that part of the timeline without knowing what time this was set. Um, because the Liberty this would be nineteen eighty three. The Liberty Bell wasn't cracked when during Fourth of July, when it was it wasn't cracked till after this. That sounds like the right answer. Yeah, actually, I think was, we should just like move it, on. Yeah, let's let's look. Yeah, that's what I mean. I I think it wasn't cracked until after seventeen seventy six. I think you're right. I think you're right. Hundred and fifteen for the solution to the case. It's my guess. Take your guesses in the comment section. If you're twi- if you're on Twitch right now, put in your guess. We'll wait. Probably not though. Alright. Here's the answer. Liberty Bell didn't crack until eighteen thirty five. That was long after Nathaniel Tarbox Wiggins died. Yep. If he had seen the bell on July fourth, seventeen seventy six, or any other day of his life, he would have seen the bell without a crack. When an encyclopedia pointed out this fact, the crowd of children lost interest in the raffle. As Wilford said sadly, folding his stepladder, Sally approached him. That picture isn't half bad, she said. Did you paint it yourself? I'll buy myself, Wilford replied. It took me weeks to paint and rub with dirt and give it lots of coats of dark shellac to make it look old. Damn, Wilford, just for, like paint. For somebody who... Go uh, sell paintings. Yeah, no kidding. For somebody who um, is, is useless as a flat tire, he's pretty good at painting. <laughs> I spent weeks on this and I, not I used aging techniques to make it look old. Yeah, it takes people years to master it and I, I could, just did I it. I could be maybe like, you know, like I could work in like movies. I could, you know, maybe like the weathering. Nah, like, I'd rather just scam children. Scale, uh, scale models, but I, I'm good. Just scam children. I'm going to scam children some more. Hang out with Bugs Meanie. The crowd of children and the parade were finished for the day. So was Wilford. There you go. All right. I got it. You got Woo! it like first try. That was sick, dude. Yeah, right. So next up. All right. That's fun. That was That's fun. That's fun as that shit. That was fun. Like sometimes the fun of, of the pick your path books are that they're so weird. Yeah. This is fun because it's just fun. It makes you think. Like, this I, is like a good time. I don't want to make quips like while we're listening to it because I want to like listen to the details. All right. Because the, the, the I'm sorry that I didn't make so many. Oh, no, it's fine. It's great. I was just saying like I didn't really say anything because I was like, okay, this might be important. I got to remember that. But no, like I was afraid like there'd be like the old timey language barrier. Or whatever, but it, yeah, it, it flows really nice. So, next up is Solve a Crime. From 1976. From 1976, we have we could 47 just flip to a options, and there's no table of contents. So Yeah, we're just going to have to do like a flip a flippy go. This one has the uh, name Wikim in it. Wikiwaw. Oh, Wiki you know Wiki what? Woman. We have a die here. Let's just... roll two numbers and see yeah. what page comes up. There you up. go. We're going to roll a dice. Anything from 1 to 47 will work. Yeah. So if it's 6-6, six, six, we'll have to try again. Or we'll do 12. Whatever. We got a 4. 4. 41. One. Number 41. Number 41. 47 is really the only one that can't happen. Yeah. <laughs> <clears throat> the case of the fallen moon. It is a brutally, brutally, a brutally cold day. You get to the office building of wealthy stockbroker Martin Moon just as the ambulance is pulling away. Moon's body landed on the sidewalk after falling from a window eight stories up. Jeez. Wow. His window isn't uh, sorry, his office is in turmoil. Two girls in the corner of his outer office crying hysterically. Three men pacing back and forth. One of men says, I'm Milton Kearns, a junior partner here. We we're all in the outer office when we heard him scream. I rushed into Mr. Moon's office, but it was too late. The man over there, Bill Franklin, 
was with Mr. Moon and saw him jump. Bill Franklin walks over to you. I was in the emer- I was in the I was an employee here until a year ago when Mr. Moon and I had a little disagreement. I dropped in today to see if there was a chance of me coming back to work here. What happened? You ask. Well, he started to walk around the office. He seemed worried about something. Just as he got near the open window, he turned toward it. He turned toward it. Then, I don't know if he jumped or lost his balance. He shakes his head. You step into Moon's office with Milton Kearns. The room is uncomfortably warm because of the two electric heaters in the corners. Kearns comments, Mr. Moon was not a healthy man, and he was he always complained of the cold. He kept his office in here like an oven, and he resented anyone's suggestion of ventilation and fresh air. Mr. Moon neither Mr. Moon neither committed suicide nor had an accident, you say to Kearns. I'll have to ask Bill Franklin some more questions. Why do you suspect Franklin? You think he was murdered? What? You think Bill Franklin murdered him? Or do you mean? think it was Why do you suspect Bill Franklin? Is it, so is, it the, is the answer in there? The answer is in this page. Oh, damn. Okay. It's a very short so, pager. Can you give me the overview again? Like, can you, can you okay, give me so, some, like, tips? Cold day. Yeah. Okay. Some guy fell out of the eighth-story window. Right. You go upstairs. Two girls in the outer office with the with the junior assistant. Right. And then there's an old guy that was there from when he used to work there. He was gonna ask. He was in the office with Mr. Moon, asking to see if he could get his job back. Right. And he said he's pacing back and forth. He goes to the window. He opens it, and then he fell, or he's lost his balance. Right. And that guy jumped. didn't like ventilation, so he wouldn't have opened the he window. Exactly. So the guy pushed him out. Yeah, you think the guy pushed him out? Yeah, because the wind, because of the ventilation. Whoops, I'm on the wrong page. You think you think he was pushed yeah. by Mr. Franklin? Yeah, I think. Yeah, I think. He, I think Mr. Franklin got a response he didn't expect. Yeah, and he got angry and pushed him out. Yeah, you can't understand why the window was open at the time of the accident. Kearns told you that Moon hated fresh air, and if he kept two heaters going in the office, he wouldn't have had the window open. Yeah. That's that's it. That was the answer. They kind of gave it to you. Yeah. So these, right. these aren't as in depth. That's true. Let's okay. go here. We'll do another random one. Maybe there'll be a better one. Yeah. All right. Roll for me, baby. Roll D six. Oh, it is six. Sixty three. Hold on. Let me try again. Thirty. No, I I can just go to page sixty three. There isn't a sixty three. There's not a. Oh. Mystery sixty three. But there's a page sixty three. Okay. Let's do thirty five. Okay. I got 35, so let's do that. All right. Hope you like the dice rolling ASMR. It's pretty nice. Yeah. I would like to get, like, a nice table. Yeah. Actually do this on something. Like I said, someday we're yeah. going to, like, build. I'm going to design one. I'm down. Build it. But we need, like, a, like a permanent, like, a, kind of like a semi-permanent desk, but we need, like, a semi-permanent yeah. well, spot. Well, I'd like to replace this with, like, a just a platform desk. Yeah. There's a lot of space underneath that we can keep, like, storage that we can, like, attach things to and all that stuff. Right. I think that probably the easiest thing would be to just have the simplest desk possible and then just build attachments. Right. Um, okay, anyway, regardless. Yeah. This is the case of the dead dancer. Don't, don't, don't. You arrive at the lakeshore where the body was found in the bushes. You deduce, but I'm going to do this in my best uh, day. I'm hiding the bushes. You arrive at the lakeshore where the body was found in the bushes. You deduce that she was taken by surprise and strangled. Uh-oh. Behind. After you take off her dark glasses and scarf, you see that she was a very attractive blonde. 
In her purse, you find four $1 bills, a silver lighter with the initials RL, and a driver's license made out to Rita Lang, age 22. Later, you learn she was a chorus girl in the local nightclub. The evening newspaper carries the story featuring a picture of Rita in one of her dance costumes. The sheriff's office found that Tommy Griffin, a local playboy, was seen boating on the lake the afternoon of the murder. You question Griffin. I figured you'd be after me, Griffin says with a smile. I knew I'd been on the lake. That was what popped in my mind when I saw the girl's picture in the paper. I recognized her at once, the same girl I saw walking along the shore with her boyfriend, or friend. He was a thin man in a dark green suit. They seemed to be arguing because I saw him grab her shoulders and shake her violently. How far, wait, how far away were you, you asked. Tommy thinks for a moment. Oh, I'd say at least 250 yards or so. I didn't hang around watching. I mind my own business. It wasn't until I saw the papers that I knew what had happened. Such a pretty girl, too. He shakes his head mournfully. Did you ever meet Rita Lang before? You ask. No, Griffin says. I don't think you're telling the truth. You say, I'm holding you on suspicion of murder. Why? Um, why would he be in the boat at night? I don't know. That's what he found the body. Right. Hold on. Uh, um, let's see. This well, one's... This, she, okay, so... This one's a little more in-depth, or a little, little bit more. I'd say... Cause, it's a shorty. Hold on. Okay, so... You want the overview again? Yeah. All right, so, um... The body was found in the bushes. Right. She was taken by surprise and strangled from behind. Right. Um, found all her stuff. And then she was a chorus girl in a nightclub. Yeah. And Tommy Griffin, a local playboy, was seen boating on the lake the afternoon of the murder. Yeah. Um, and you question him. And he says, I knew I was on the lake. I knew that that would, like, you know, show Come up. Come back and bite me. Um, and, you know, that's what came through my mind when I, you know, saw her in the paper. I recognized her at once. Um, the girl I had saw walking along the shore with her boyfriend. Um, and uh, he said, uh, did you ever meet or see her before? And he says, no, I don't think you're telling the truth. Oh, okay. Um, and she was um, on the day of the murder wearing uh, dark glasses and a scarf. Right. And uh, Tommy... I don't think he would have recognized her. Yeah? Yeah, that's fine. From 250 yards? Yeah, unless he saw her closer. Yeah, that's it. Yeah, okay. You got it. You got okay, it. yeah. All right. Well, that was neat. Mystery solved. Yeah, that was... Encyclopedia Brown, definitely more. Yeah, got to I think if we do this again, it's going to be a chonky Encyclopedia Brown episode. Yeah, for sure. We need more. We have one, two, three of these books. Yeah, I think, yeah, three. One that The Mad Scientist. Yeah, that one's not Encyclopedia Brown, though. Yeah, we have four. Four Encyclopedia Brown books, bro. One of which has seven in it, so... I would do just, like... That's awesome. ...several of these episodes yeah. of Encyclopedia Brown. I'm game. That would be really fun. We do some like goofy ones. We get some guest stars on here. Do we have I more do. guests lined up? Not right now, but no. yeah, we can. I can find one. You think uh, Raj would ever want to be on here? Or? Yeah, probably. We can get him to do it. What? He'd be great. Yeah, I think it'd be funny. Okay. All right. Well, thanks for joining us in yeah, the void. Here, thanks man. for coming to the void. I'm glad to be here as usual. Yeah. I never get sick of the pizza, you know? Yep. The void pizza? Void pizza, man. Yep. So good. Oh man, Encyclopedia Brown. I give that a ten out of ten. That was like that was great. That's a good time. It aged very well. Yeah, and it, yeah. it's very like you said, very good for all audiences. Yeah, a lot of these things don't age well, and that's part of the fun. Uh, but this this works. Yeah. This like works in twenty twenty two. Pick up an Encyclopedia Brown at your local bookstore for sure. Don't take my word for it. Do do do. There it is. You know.
Bye. Well, love you guys. Follow us on social media. Blister Retro Reset. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. If you <laughs> if you want to support the show, give us a review on iTunes. That'll that'll be good. Yeah. Give us a review on iTunes, yeah. and we will be your best friends. And we'll read five-star we'll reviews on the show. We'll come over, and we'll have uh, that guy's potato fries with you. Potato fries with you. Fact, I'm going to check to see if there are any reviews at all. Oh, yeah. We haven't done that in a while. Yeah. I have the, uh, the Apple podcast. We had to get new internet. The void. Oh, God. Yeah. We have had several technical worst. difficulties and just like life situations. Yeah, to, to you know that too. That's just normal. break the. That's just normal. Yeah. <laughs> Someday, if I ever win the lottery, I'll quit full time. Just go into making podcast videos. I don't know. And you won't have to work either. Just like here you go. Thanks. I, I appreciate it. Yeah, win the lottery soon. Yeah, I'm sorry. I need to do. I'll do it like next week, maybe. And like win it. I'll just win it real quick. Can you just do that for me. Just win it real fast. Now we have two ratings, no reviews. Oh, isn't that sad? But hey, no ratings are good. Two five stars. All right. Thanks to the five stars. Thanks you guys. to the five stars. Whoever you are, one of them is me. Well, thank you guys for listening. Yeah. And we will see you next time. We love you all. On interactive fiction in the void. Yep. And we'll see you on social media. Join our Discord. Yep. Bye. Later. Tater.